Uh, uh, I hope less funny when I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give it a try, though. UNCG, dude. UNC Un- Greensboro. Un- Un- oh, I was like uncooked negative cabbage grains. Do cabbages have grains? Yeah, they're like two food groups. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so this guy outside my ba- my balcony. Yeah, what's going on? He just keeps walking out there, and Does he just it- power stances without a shirt. Oh yeah, and you know I oh, I can get behind it. He's he just exudes. Paint a picture for the ladies. Paint a picture. Yeah, for the ladies. he's painting it. It's uh, it's a little. Is too, he sweaty? It's too Picasso. We is got it, a lot of a lot of exotic things going on there. But yeah. he's confident, and I like. Does that. does he look you in the eye and rub his nipples? Is he like? Hey, well, I mean, I got to respond hey, somehow. Trevor. So what do you do? Do you like just pretend like you're a mirror? Like because well, I'm so you do pale, everything. I walk out there. <laughs> And I lift up my shirt and just like, bamo. Here and then he go. gets blind and he falls off the scaffolding. He's like, oh, my eyes. My legs. It burns. My leg. My leg. SpongeBob. Shout out to SpongeBob, friend of the pod. It's one of my favorite bits that they do on that show. It's just like over and over. My leg. My leg. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think I need to start utilizing more SpongeBob memes for the for the pod he's a fundamental vehicle for communication for oh me. just yeah my my life he's kind of the voice of my generation yeah my sister sure. is still she's older uh 31 32 uh whatever just drop it just dropping her age all friend of the in pod. Front of everybody um, yeah. i definitely know how old she is <laughs> and she it, it's she's the older sister and yet she, she's we're watching spongebob we Look. bond over it I visited her a, a few years back. You know, we're both out of college going mm-hmm, through. And mm-hmm. I said, what you up to? She's like, I'm watching SpongeBob. And I got it. I understood. I understand SpongeBob on such a more fundamental level as an adult than I did it as a kid. It might be one of the best animated shows ever. That's I, a high bar. It's but it's a high bar, but I'm like... Let's talk about it. Yo, Avatar The Last Airbender for me was one of the pinnacles of storytelling in animation and world building and how tightly focused it was, how the themes were, the character development theme of the pod here we here we go again talking about character driven stories i know but i'm telling you avatar last airbender if you haven't watched (laughs) it missing out check it out it's a wonderful piece of art uh but how are you how are you doing trevor it's been a while we haven't really sat down and done this in it i know because we we had a bunch uh of sessions kind of all back to back but we haven't we haven't united forces in quite some time. Yeah, man. It's, it's good to see you. How, what have you been up to? What so up to we, we moved our podcast headquarters. Yeah. Can you tell the difference? You can hear the difference, right? You can hear the difference. Uh, with our, all the money coming in, we bought a brand new studio. Yeah. So we're in the studio. Uh, it's a it's a seven bedroom, uh, six bath, oh, uh, pool on our roof. Yeah. Um, three gyms. Three gyms. Yeah, I, I need enough. I need my cardio gym. Yeah, and I need uh, just I just got you know a boxing gym. I'm huge in yeah, boxing. Yeah, 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 for sure. And for then sure. I have my porn. Um, 
<laughs> your porn gym. So you yeah. do your reps. Yeah. It's a bunch of dick it stands exercises. for physical, ornate. Repetitive. Nodes. <laughs> not actually sure uh, what nodes dude, are. They're, they're just, a, and, and like, what's really cool about this new space is like, they're just a bunch of like bikini clad women walking everywhere. And mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time concentrating because there's like a butt in my face right now. It's twerking right now. It's all part of the experience. I mean, I saw what they were doing at the Orange Theory, and I'm like, you know what? This needs what is male it? appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> it needs what, what everything a male needs, all, fulfilling all the male needs. One thing we're missing is like a grill. Yeah. Well, we have security. That's one. Of, what uh, is it? Is it Maslow? Law? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of hierarchy. needs. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we've yeah. got our security taken care of because you need a fob. We we have food food but no grill which is weird we have chipotle still <laughs> but it's like an entire restaurant on the ground we floor. should buy a chipotle we totally Friend should of the with pod. all of the money coming in dude we gotta like we gotta franchise the money has to go somewhere yeah otherwise the irs will come and take it if chipotle called and was like okay faking notes podcast yeah we want you to be called the not faking Chipotle podcast. Yeah. I would do it for like eight dollars. I would I would do it for I would do it for six. Six dollars? Six dollars. That can't and, even and buy you a bowl at Chipotle. No, no, six dollars and like a free <laughs> guac. Free guac topping. Oh my oh, god. Not free guac. That's free guac. That's worth its weight in gold. Dude, I, I would do a lot of things for free guac. Oh man, the things I wouldn't do. For free guac, the list is very short. My favorite part about going to a Chipotle, uh-huh. and they have to look at me and know that I'm a regular, uh-huh. is when you walk in, going through the line, mm-hmm. and you get, you know, you, you've got your plan, you've gone through, you've executed your game yeah, plan, yeah. and they look at you with a straight face. Welcome to Chipotle. And then I, no, then I just jump across the glass and just fuck. I'll them do it myself. <laughs> You're welcome to Chipotle, motherfucker. <laughs> no, you're at the end of the line, and they they have to remind you, guac is extra. I know, bitch. I know. I've been here. I live here. I am. I am extra guac. guac. I'm I'm fifty percent guac actually. Yeah, it's like uh, like I don't know. Put that on there, bro. For real though, I didn't eat very much guac until I moved to LA, and really? I have an avocado tree growing in my backyard. <laughs> Don't those take like a long time yeah, to bro. grow? I look every day waiting <laughs> for it. Five years, dude. My limes are taking a while too. I think they're gonna bud in like the end of July or maybe early August. I don't know anything about limes, full. dude. Me neither. But we make margaritas from the That's tree in our front yard. For. Yeah. And those avocados. So it's not technically in our yard, it's in our neighbor's yard. But the branches <laughs> like them. the branches <laughs> like like hang over our driveway. So technically It's like airspace law or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's if, if they're falling line. in my driveway. That's this, my line. <laughs> that's my that's, that's my side that's line. That's my side boot. <laughs> Such a good bit, man. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Family Guy. Shout out to Family Guy. Yeah, part, part of the faking part. fam. So, uh, yes, faking fam. So, actually, you know, since we last talked, I've watched a lot of different documentaries. Documentaries. Mm-hmm. On uh, one, one that I recently saw was a uh, Nina Simone's documentary. Oh, on Netflix, Netflix has been pushing it hard. Yeah, man. So this it's is a really segment good. we like to call 
documentaries. Yeah, cool. I actually just came up with that. It's going to kill. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, hashtag documentaries. For how little preparation I put into that. That yeah, wasn't too bad. That was that was What would be the worst title for this segment? I watch documentaries and talk about them. That's actually way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one thing I didn't know about Nina Simone was like how she was so involved in the civil rights movement and at her detriment in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So her civil rights actions and the types of music that she wrote, like Strange Fruit mm-hmm. and uh, I forget the other one where she was like. Well, that's an incredible. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just talking when about you think of lynching. Top, I mean, top 10. That Strange Fruit always makes the list mm-hmm. when you're watching any MTV mm-hmm. where they're listing things out. Strange yeah. Fruit is on that list. And she, and it's so funny, like how abusive her husband was and how that affected her mental state. And she was, she was suffering from bipolar disorder and no, it was way before people knew about it. So she estranged a lot of her family and friends. She had a really bad temper. Um, and it's just so interesting how back in the day when they didn't have tools of mental health to deal Mm -hmm. with mental health, they didn't have names for it. They didn't have any perception of it. And when you're in a, you're born in a time period where you were not, you not only, you're a double minority, you're a woman Mm -hmm. and you're a black woman. That is, she got turned down from Curtis at wow, 19. I did not know that. She was a very she was a very accomplished. She's like us. She was a classical pianist. That's, she's that's all she wanted to do. <laughs> she's literally us, right? So it's the plot of us. It's literally the plot the plot of us. But she realized that, you know, nobody was gonna hire a black female mm-hmm. classical pianist to perform in Carnegie Hall. She had to figure out her own niche. And she became legendary in the process. And that's why I was like, yo, maybe if I like get away from classical a little bit and try to figure out how to give people who aren't in that world something that they can relate to, Mm -hmm. I then can actually have a positive effect on classical music from another perspective. And I was just, it, it was just really cool to see that she and I had the same desires and her deviating from that was good and helped her become legendary and she performed around the world. But also she found a, she never really lost that desire to perform classical. And overcoming, well, yes, yeah, certainly overcoming that kind of hardship is part of what made her even more transformative. Yeah. Cause it, if going through a Curtis or something, I mean, who knows? She'd still be incredible Yeah, to be at that And she level. got an honorary doctorate. Like, I don't know if it was after her death or close to her wow. death. She got an well, honorary degree from Curtis. Like, they honored her. Wow. Yeah. Similar and similar time period. But uh, I didn't see the movie. And there's, of course, a lot of controversy. But <clears throat> Green Book. I and loved so it. I, went, I loved it. I went and saw, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the pod. And if mm-hmm. we had, mm-hmm. I'm just going to cut this up and, yeah. and insert I don't think we've talked about and it. insert uh yakety sax or something <laughs> but but me singing it out of key I went to a talk with the composer Chris Bowers of course and it was three hours long it was friend incredible he's yeah. a big big time friend of the pod uh-huh. um 
we'll have him on. I actually worked with him recording some of his stuff for Netflix. Worked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear white people. And so I, think, I went yeah. and saw. I bumped into him a few times. Yeah. And I always just fumble my introduction because I go <laughs> up there and I'm like, oh, I have a personal connection. We have shared teachers, shared mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. and he's a nice person. Mm-hmm. And then I, 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 I do my my tight bit. Mm-hmm. And then he's smiling and I'm smiling and I'm like, have a, have a good day. And then you make out. And then, you know, a little a subtle, su- supple kiss. <laughs> On his forehead. Yeah. Just, like, just above the th- left th- eyebrow. Th- thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your time. Welcome to the faking fam. <laughs> that's the, that's I mean, the, that's how you get inducted into the yeah. faking fam is you get a kiss, a kiss on the forehead. Um, yeah. A kiss above the left eyebrow. So. Man. Oh, I wish this was an original thought, and I just realized. Did Tiny someone else Meat do Gang, this? Tiny Meat Gang. Uh, also, friends of the pod. Friend, not really. I wish. Like they're so cool. We should. We but, should uh, have a another podcast. Um, we'll call it a Big Meat Club. Big Meat Club. I like that. That's very original. And all we do is it's just a Tiny Meat Gang reaction podcast. <laughs> oh man, it's so crazy! Like how our content and how we're all so influenced by each other and inspired by each other as creatives. And with the age of the internet, like you don't even know who you're influencing. We have no idea. There are a lot of people going out who are now, you know, needing therapy because they listen to our podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we can't even, I mean, we just bought a mansion. We can't can't, fix your Tourette's. We can't pay for your therapy. We got to fund my three gyms in the mansion. I can't pay off your student loans to your graduation, graduating class to Morehouse. Like I just can't do it. I'm selfish. Uh, I really don't care about your student loan. (laughs) (laughs) I got got my my own own. that I make it so much money, but I just refuse on principle to pay them. It's like the, the Oprah Winfrey of student loans. You don't get paid. You don't get paid. I get paid. That was a terrible green book. Green book. Yes. And to tie in with Nina Simone. So I didn't know about much of this, the backstory before. Yeah. And it was interesting hearing from from Chris, Chris Bowers, mm-hmm. composer. He he kept mentioning that he himself was really unfamiliar with the story of Don Shirley before Dr. Don Shirley. And yeah. be, because I didn't know. I didn't know. And part of one of the things he said of why that is makes a lot of sense. And up until this day and age, if you look back at history, we miss a lot of it too. Well, racism. So let's just put that aside real quick. Yeah. But because he lived within within two worlds. Mm-hmm. Classical music rejected him because of the stuff. <coughs> Racism! Yeah. Um, and jazz rejected him too. So he kind of looked somewhat down on like what the jazz community was going yeah. through. Between just the the the, mu- the actual music, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the drugs, all the other, you know, he kind of looked down upon jazz and jazz, as you'd expect, just like classical, it's neither it is not pure enough in either. Yeah. So he was lost between the margins. So Chris mentioned, like me. I think yeah. nowadays though, is almost the, really the first time that you can not get lost in the margins. Uh, and people are looking for, I wouldn't say crossover, mm-hmm. but people to to blend it. Um, read every read every biography, and everyone mentions interdisciplinary breaking down barriers. Yeah. 
genre defined. You know, it's even you know what's you know what's really funny about uh Shirley's story though, especially mm-hmm. in the movie, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. Towards the end, he goes to a jazz bar and he's in a tuxedo. Uh he had just walked out of a performance uh where they would not let him eat or it was something racist. They would just <laughs> It was just, it was just a hashtag I saw this a while something ago. racist. Hash something something racism. Uh, so he goes to this this jazz bar and everyone kind of looks at him funny because he's dressed in a tux, rightfully so. Because how many brothers do you see walking in a tux? That's a very interesting sight. He goes to the piano and just starts playing some classical, and everybody is. Everybody stops what they're doing. And the applause he gets at the end is it, he kind of feels validated by his own people. Mm-hmm. And that at that point, I started to cry because wow. I have always that was always what I've wanted to feel was to do classical music and have black people, people that look like me, people that have had the same shared experience to accept me. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment that when he was accepted for doing what was close to his heart, he then, the band came up and started to play and he started improving and doing jazz and everybody was having a great time. And he realized that a lot of these barriers that he held were just in his head. It's kind of tying into this book that I'm reading right now, The War on Art or War of oh, Art. Oh, I have, I have that book right there. Dude, I just bought it yesterday. How, how I'm did reading you it. hear about it? Joe Rogan. Wait, Joe yeah. Rogan? Joe Rogan. He, he, he had, like shouted it out in one is of it his Steven Presser? Uh, Pressfield. Pressfield. Okay. Yes. So I've heard about it all the time from longtime friend of the pod, Angela Beeching. Okay. You know, the, 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 the seminal, beyond talent. Beyond talent. Yeah. Music author. coach. Yeah. Wonderful person i've been following her i I still haven't finished that book for years and here's (laughs) and here's the problem because she for years literal years not exact exaggerating yeah there's two books she keeps mentioning the war of art Mm -hmm. or something like that or is war on art i can't tell i think it's the war of art yeah uh obviously we've read it and the tools and so she's mentioned these books multiple Mm -hmm. times Uh For years, we had a one-on-one a few years back, and, uh-huh. she, and she was talking. She was like, "You need to, you need to read these books." I was like, Trevor, okay. God damn it, if you don't fucking read these books, and I was like, "I, I don't read." If you don't read these books, I have nothing to say to you. And I, I've started the books, <laughs> dude. And what I love about it is like it's just kind of a collect collection of short and long essays on this idea of resistance. Mm-hmm. And this, what resistance is, it's a universal, unbiased, unfiltered, internal enemy that prevents you from fulfilling that which you are at your apex. So what I mean by that in English is like, it keeps you from doing, it's that little voice in your head that keeps you from doing what you really want to do. What I like, the one I've made it the, the, the furthest in um, is The Tools, the other book, Angela Beachin mentions. Mm-hmm. And it's tackling similar things. What's nice about it is it's not arts specific. Yes. So I think they both complement each yes. other. It was just two separate kind of psychologists and they were frustrated with the field of psychology in that, you know, it was either always just looking at the past. It was being able to break things down, understand why something was occurring. They never felt like they were truly helping 
their patients because they didn't give them anything to combat it. It was all looking back instead of looking forward. It was reactive and trying to fix problems that happened in the past instead of trying to prevent them in the future, right? And so this person developed over time essentially like an experiment. Okay. I am going to tell my my, uh, clients, the Mm -hmm. people in my office, and give them things to try out mentality wise or an actual physical thing to do and he essentially went through trials with them and the only rule is you must you must do this thing or try this specific uh skill when it happens and if it doesn't work we toss it okay and so over the course of years this guy was going around and it's kind of funny because some of these things sound a lot like kind of like voodoo magic Mm -hmm. or um feel goody things like higher powers so burn the incense close your eyes breathe in and out just remember you are nothing and yet you are everything but but at sometimes you're kind of something and occasionally you're something less than the something you once were when you were something man and and it's okay it's okay to feel your body it's okay to have desire. Desire being but fighting something. It's okay. And breathe out. <sighs> Namaste. <laughs> These tools <laughs> are they're actually kind of nice, but they they sound silly and he mentioned things like aiming towards higher powers. It's yeah. not couched in any real religious connotations, but mm-hmm. it's essentially methods that allow you to tackle these problems. How to escape a feedback loop. Yeah. How to effectively use kind of gratification. How to delayed gratification, yeah. which is super important. There's a set of, of just tools and principles that you can use. And I haven't Who's the author? Fully, Do you remember? Um it's two of them. Uh Philip My my bookcase is now realigned. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, we'll drop let's, it in the description. Why, why, why don't you? Why don't you go? Okay, go grab yeah, it because I, I actually want to read them. <laughs> want to read it? One of the examples, but also with the the negative feedback loop, which is something me and you have discussed. A lot yeah. because it's very real. Yeah, it's super real. And it, it doesn't help. I felt like I was in almost a year spiral of it. And part of what helped me get out of it was the podcast, just doing things. A big proponent of that type of mentality is our guest, Chris, Chris mm-hmm, Hendricks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who came in and almost everything he does is the just do it method. He comes in there. He knows what he, he's going to do. And he's been doing all these things because he he does it. Mm. Same with the lyrics. I come in, I ask him, hey, I need a song. I need Mm. this to, let's see if we can branch this into something else. Mm. And he right there, okay, I'm going to make this work. And he knows it's not always perfect. Although what he's done is good because he's got a lot of years of experience. He does does the thing. 
it's it's not about the perfection. It's about the doing the thing. It's in the preface of uh, going back to the war of art. I would say in in the preface, he the author speaks about his process mm-hmm. and how he will. St- go through his day, he'll do his morning routine and then he'll sit down, he'll go to his office or go to a coffee shop and he'll sit down and he'll write with no expectation. He doesn't even know, he doesn't even give himself judgment whether it's good it's or not. Stream of conscious. He just gets it done, no matter how little or how much. And he does it for a designated amount of time. Joe Rogan also does this. He talks about how he will just set a timer and he'll write every night after he comes back from the comedy store, rain or shine. Wow, that's hour. a... Wow, it's neat hearing that from different angles. So mm-hmm. another friend of the pod and a pod of the friend, um, <laughs> James Altucher. Yeah, um, we're we're uh, we're pretty much as successful. We're kind of peers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Colleagues, in the podcasting world between yeah. you know Joe and us. And I mean Joe and James. What's a hundred and three thousand comments to twenty? You know, I know. Nice, you know. It's, um, <laughs> in the hall of the universe, numbers are all relative. They're all relative. Star Talk also equal footing. Yeah, 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 yeah. What he does, one of his methods is essentially the same thing where he generates ideas by writing them down without these implications or barriers. So what James Altucher does, what James Altucher does. That's hard to say. What James What he does is he gives himself essentially his own clickbait. Top 10 this. And so every day he does some type of top 10 Mm-hmm. list or 10 ideas he writes down on a sheet of paper 10 ideas 10 book ideas 10 podcast ideas 10 ways to improve this 10 short films 10 exercises he, he'll just make a list of things and it's the exercise of creativity coming up with stuff and then maybe the next day it's completely unrelated or he goes back and We'll use the things he's already done mm-hmm. and make a top 10 off off of that. Oh, mm-hmm. I liked this one idea from my top 10 list of films. Here's 10 ways of how to execute it. And so, so he's always planning. And every day he keeps the creative genes going because one of the, the things he talks about, and I think what we're trying to do and are somewhat aware of is because of automation and you know manual labor is disappearing those jobs over the past 100 factory is things are disappearing truck but, drivers but soon for instance the truck truck drivers even up to computer programmers a lot of our what everyone's warning us about is all of the uh white collar jobs and accounting things like that are going to start to get automated and disappear yeah disappeared because of software what is the new economy? Self-learning. Yeah. Is the the idea economy. Is yeah. kind of the new it's the new buzzword. Yeah. And being creative and being able to synthesize things, come up with new things mm-hmm. is can be the new economy. That's uniquely human. Right and so now. that's what he practices. Yeah. That's smart. And that's a skill that once you start developing it, it's like a muscle. And the more you do it, the more you build it, the better you'll be at it. And I find that one thing as I've been allowing myself to just say yes 
to myself. One thing that kept me from producing a lot of things was this podcast and is, is one of those things is that I would just automatically judge it automatically know that's crap before I even flesh it out. Awful. I, I, it really kept me from doing a lot of things. Yeah. And I think you were wise of convincing us to just, for instance, release this before we had perfected the formula. Yeah. Even though, as our listeners tell us, it's obviously perfect. It's, it, there's no improvement. There's really necessary. no improving. Um, yeah, uh, I'm when you already, run the most successful show, it's... I, in the world, I mean, when you're already on Arnold Schwarzenegger, what, what are you really going to the gym for? Get to the bench press. The one thing we could work on <laughs> is our Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I just haven't. He was before my, he was like my childhood. I feel like people a little older than us, like the generation ahead of us is way better at that. Just like Bill Clinton. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't, I don't actually, it's, I'll, it's funny. I'll do impersonations of people I've actually never really heard. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? But uh, yeah, it's true. Or even pe- I've never thought about it, so I'll do it and it'll Listen, be really bad. Listen, Trevor, we're going to make the best podcast ever. Trust me. I have the best people. Okay? I have the best people. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but he is doing the the, the, the Trump hands. The Trump hands. Yeah. I'm not even good at that. I'm not good at a Trump. See, my problem is your Trump impersonation sounds like someone impersonating Trump. Trump, exactly. Uh, It sounds like Stephen Colbert. Colbert. It's like a Colbert. It sounds like Colbert impersonating Trump. I think uh, Trevor Noah does it better. Oh, he's great. Well, he does it too. Trevor Noah is such a good impersonator. He does his impressions are. I think that comes in from his backstory. I mean, all the different languages. He speaks like experience. five languages, man. He, I saw his documentary. Do his like first oh. daybreak. Like when he, it. it's like I one know of he his released, first. Is it related to the book or that was much earlier? No, it's earlier. It's like when he was in South Africa as a comic and he was doing his first one man show, and it like talks about the leading up to this is way before daily shows way before he came to america for the first time and do comedy to test out for this one-man show wow it's like really old it like the like the the camera work is like super indie it looks like some of it's (laughs) shot on a cell phone he's got like stuff i would say he's like 25 or 26 oh my god that's unbelievable. Yeah, so incredible. he's orange and he's got a documentary about yeah, it. Yeah, so. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Minaj is kicking her ass. Who else is young and just like kicking her I, ass? I think Seth Myers is is doing great he's work. Not as young. He's not that young though, right? No, he just looks forever young. Yeah. I really think that in 10 years, you and I will be in vastly different areas of our life. And we'll look back at this and be like, man. We tried to do that podcast thing. <laughs> we didn't know what the, we were doing. So now Trevor's just, he's homeless. No, he, you're like a VR star. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you like sell your body. I actually, I was swiping on Tinder the other day. And uh, no, I think it was Hinge. It was Hinge. This chick was like, one of the prompts was like, you have to be okay with oh, at the no. prompt. And she's like, that I sell my body on Snapchat. I was like, <laughs> Word? <laughs> Bed. 
beer. Yeah. <laughs> just, just download and Snapchat wow, right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but still, that's weird, man. I think that we're going in a weird place. We're going in a weird direction with our lives, man. It's like, are we returning to... Are we coming up on the 80s where everything's just weird? And everybody's on cocaine? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll probably be on some like new cocaine. I've never done cocaine. I've never done pretty much anything. I don't want to do any drugs. I live a boring life. I don't do I think that's okay, Trevor. I think it's, I think it's, I'm banking on living a long time. Look, you know what's going to happen? What's up? Is I'm going to, I'm going to be doing this intermittent fasting. I'm going to hit the occasional gym. I, I, I squat down to lift. I don't use my lower back. I'm doing uh-huh. all these things to survive old age. Yeah. I'm going to get straight up hit by a bus, bus tomorrow. Yep. yep. Full yep. on Mean Girls. Yep. Something good's going to happen. Regina, you can't sit with us. Yeah. You I, can't sit with us. It's like I was counting my proteins and then bam. All your macros. The protein bus just runs <laughs> over me. Dude, just get wrecked. Didn't matter. So I should have had in and out yesterday. Yeah. And that dude <laughs> and Squatty McSquatty chugging a Diet Coke is going to live to 92. Hey, look, man. When I was on tour, I was over in New York just last week. I was doing some stuff with Juilliard, and then I did this show with the Soulful Symphony. I had some really bad meals. I drank soda. Like, I went in. I bought Doritos, dude. Like, I really took it out on my body, but I've been eating healthy. I'm feeling good. I think you need to enjoy those moments in life. Oh, boy, I do. And I think for me, at least, I've changed the way I've thought about my health. I want to feel good. I want to feel energized and productive. And I also want to be a playground for the ladies. (laughs) Which brings us up to our first sponsor, Chipotle. (laughs) You want to get washboard abs? Do you want to be a playground for the ladies? Don't come. Don't (laughs) come. You're at the wrong place. You you fucked up. Walk <laughs> is extra. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for real, like, I think, I mean, I already feel better. I feel more confident about myself because, like, I'm investing in my body. Like, I'll it'll be late at night and I'll be like, man, I'll, like, be taking a shower or whatever. I'll look in the mirror. I'm like, is that me? Mm. Is that jacked black man me? <laughs> And I get really munchy and I'm like, oh, I've changed my habits. I purchase mangoes and grapes. So when I get the late night munchies, bro. Got the fruit basket I right just by. Eat fruit. fruit is so yummy it's at delicious. night. Oh my goodness. It's way better than In-N-Out before you go to sleep. I wake up. I don't feel like death. Human garbage. Yeah. I only get a little pudgy from the sugar. Not a lot pudgy. So... I'm I'm hitting a I'm hitting a wave, man. I'm hitting a wave, it's and it good. feels good. Um, yeah, because of the move to the the new pod mansion. Yeah, that was a lot of exercise. So I haven't. Girl, get away from me! I don't need a twerk right now. I gotta now. work. Man, I gotta work. I'm trying to work here. Jeez, we're trying to do podcast. Jeez, I gotta make that bread. I mean, yeah, speaking anyway. of bread, I don't eat a lot of bread. I'm not a huge bread person. How How about you? Some I people am, love bread. I am. I like um, contents. I like the contents inside the sandwich. Lol, bro. Look, okay. When I used, when I was a child, my mom took me shopping. My mom took me everywhere because I was a child and I wasn't in school. I can't wait to put music beneath the story. Continue. Yes, and so we would go to a place called Harry's, and it was a farmer's market. Ooh. And we would go get our fresh produce there. And the staple for me was always when we got to the bread aisle. Mom would buy a new fresh French baguette 
and they would have samples and they would hand them out. They'd butter this, this nice, fresh out the oven baguette and they'd slice it into parts and they'd put samples, kind of like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or what they do. So that was the staple of the trip. She would get me a few of those and I would eat them and the bread was crispy on the outside, warm and soft and gooey on the inside. And that was when I had the first love affair that has, last, that, that has since lasted many years with bread. And so I can tell the difference between if you give me sourdough or rye or pumpernickel, and I know exactly what I'm in for. I like pumpernickel rye fusion if I'm doing Rubens. If I take some pastrami and some Swiss cheese and I butter up the skillet and I throw it on there. Bring the twerkers back. We need you. (laughs) Does Oprah know? I mean, has Brad told Oprah? Has Brad told Oprah? I think we we're trying to keep it on the DL. And yes, we have about three hundred concurrent listeners per episode, so I'm I'm feeling pretty pretty safe from Oprah's. Uh, she wide might be breath. one of those. It's very likely. Brad, <laughs> either Brad, I can guarantee that either Brad or Oprah is a subscriber of the I'm, pod. Let's be real. Oprah is 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 the is the main hoe. I'm just the side <laughs> bitch. I'm just the side bitch, and I'm okay. Oprah literally puts bread on the table. Dude, have you ever been the Have you ever been the side the side piece the side slam piece before? I just I'm a, I live a boring existence. It's a weird experience. Go further. I as far as you could go on this pod. It was a while ago, but sh- they weren't in a they weren't in a monogamous relationship oh okay that's different than being a, yeah but still a, a i knew maker. i knew where i stood i knew i wasn't that important and that was like super fire i was like i was like how's that i was feel? like i, I awesome. had to practice viola anyway so like <laughs> she she would like she wouldn't complain to me about stuff she would just be like she would just be like are you busy and i'm like tomorrow i'm not she's like bet and that was it Wow. Like that was it. And so yeah. And so that was that was kind of fire. It didn't last long at all. But I remember like, you know, this is the kind of thing I need in my life. Where I can just go home and practice guitar for four hours, like an emo, emo white dude. Yeah. And then- <laughs> I was like, you're I was like, is this it's the year 2006. Drew is now. I'm trying white. to learn Wonderwall. <laughs> I'm trying to learn Wonderwall. Dude, 2006, I was like 15. Bro, I had no game when I was 15. I was like super in love with this one chick. And I still follow her on Instagram. <laughs> She's my first long, girlfriend. That's a Dude, long time. Hey, but you got it. it was Shout a out. Yeah. I w- her parents. Uh, girlfriend of the pod? Because I was black, I think. And her dad was Korean. She was like not feeling it. So, I mean, he was not feeling it. So he like took her out of school eventually. We kept hiding it. Oh my God. And then he he found out we, yeah. And like threatened to send her to boarding school. She didn't break up with me. Oh yeah. And so that was really hard. Imagine you're the first love of your life. I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with her. Like I I adored her. Um, Something about, something about girls that play cello, man. (laughs) (laughs) But a shout out. She's a, she's a really cool artist to this day. I think she gave me one of my favorite presents for my birthday. She like 
made all these tiny paper stars and put them in a jar. She wrote me oh like, these goodness. really creative letters. She like made art for me. Like that meant more to me than anything I think I've ever received because of the sheer amount effort. of time and effort. And she's that type of girl. She's so artistic. So like shout out to her. She knows who she is. I doubt she's going to listen to the pod. But uh, if, if you're listening to this, yo, M shout out. Upon further research, it turns out she just got engaged. Congrats to the happy couple. Now back to your daily sadness programming. I uh, hope you're doing well. If if she reaches out, yeah. we'll have her, we'll have her on the pod. Someday. Yeah, we should bring her out. I think she's like she's in art school right now. We just bring out all of our exes on the pod. Yeah, dude, and be like, so what went wrong? Yeah, <laughs> we just we just break them down. Or it's why don't you love me? Yeah, it's like where where are you? Were you faking it? You know, were you faking notes? Were you faking notes? I we didn't. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get that. Yeah, far. yeah. Well, yeah, we, you're we, 15. We didn't get that. We're so. 15. But also, 15 year olds right now have like more elaborate sex lives than I do. Like it's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. also, I mean, there's studies on this. This entire generation younger, they're actually all having less sex. Really? Yeah. Your parents, our parents' generation way more rabbits yeah yeah and part of it they think about it is actually education and these kids of course everything ties back in the internet Uh they are learning more about it the precautions but the sad thing is we're just having less true interactions anyways yeah so they're they're more likely to, you know, worry about Instagram. I'm sure than, it's yeah. You know, gram in the Insta. I'm sure it's also availability of porn for yeah. kids if they have a cell phone. High like, there's quality. No way. Back High in quality. my day. Back in my day, it was you green. had to you had to wait watch, 15 minutes. You had to watch that to thing buffer. upload. Yeah. <laughs> well, Before also you could... also the calling back to Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat, the yeah. Snapchat premium Snapchat girls. I'm sure they're like hella 15 year old dudes like stealing their parents' credit cards to like have a relation, have a quote quote relationship with like a Snapchat cam. We should be Snapchat for cam science? girls. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, we should be. We should be them. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dude. just premium Snapchat to come on the pod. Yo, wouldn't that be? That would be hilarious. Like a. Not a deep fake, but just like a long form bit where we just like pretend. Yeah. Or but not we even don't pretend. ever show anything. We don't really, really even, sh- we just tease people. Because that's kind of like cruel, not even tease. What if it's just straight up us <laughs> and just to see how long it goes? Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be messing with anyone. What if what, we what get if really jacked us? and we just dance? Oh my but God. Then, but then, but no, what if like it's just playing record? viola? Like people, oh, yeah. like it, you don't change anything about you. And you just see yeah. who's paying for you on premium snap. Like, there's got to be some weird viola. Fetish. I should do steamy advertisements, but then it's just like nothing sexual. It's you practicing, yeah, just me practicing, but maybe without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, girls, like we said it before on the pot, girls want me to like do stuff without my shirt on, and I'm like, why? Yeah, I have oh, not why? had that request yet, bro. I'm telling, on. dude. Okay, so we need to make a pact. I actually, I was hanging out with this guy. Uh, his name is Earl. He's a uh, violinist, uh, Asian. He plays with Vitamin String Quartet. Uh-huh. And he's based out in New York. But he does Muay Thai. And he told oh, me about man. this this dojo like here in L.A. that I should go to. And I'm thinking I'm going to do it. 
we should do it. We should get ripped off <laughs> and then start and then become cam girls. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, is that going to be the name? Is that the name of the uh, uh, Trevor and Drew make a porno? <laughs> oh, did you ever see that movie? It's a good one. Uh, Zach and Mary. Zach make and Mary. No, I never made. I never saw it. It's good. It holds up pretty well. It just. I think it got lost in the cracks. Mm-hmm. But oh, I watched it. Uh, unintentional anal. <laughs> it, yeah, it definitely got lost. Break the twerkers. It definitely got lost in the the shuffle. But it's actually good. Okay. It's good. It, is Seth Rogen? Yeah. Okay. Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, most of that crew. It's it's around that, that squad, time. But yeah. it's actually really funny. It's Man. it's it's one of those like most kind of a typical Judd Apatowian <laughs> film where it's a lot of jokes, a lot of funny, but underneath it, it's serious rom com. Yeah. Serious rom com. Yeah. You know, I like ends, those. Ends kind of sad. It was oh. very well within the time. Yeah. But. You know, if you are a <clears throat> a Seth like Rogan fan, you'll love it. I've heard just because I'm not like the craziest fan of like all those movies, but I've heard so many good things about him as a person. It makes I've me like him. him more. Yeah, no, he's such a cool guy. You can tell in interviews and stuff. Yeah, by you could tell by the interviews and just hearing from people out here in the business that he's genuine. Did you hear about? Was it Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. He got a request from a kid who is battling a really bad illness and he wanted a pair of game cleats sent mm-hmm. to him, right? And instead he sent, he paid for his medical bills. Ronaldo, wow. Ronaldo I did not hear did. that. To incredible. a fan, to a young fan. That's incredible. Yeah, he paid off the medical bills. That's life changing. Yeah. That's why I want to get there. You know what I mean? I want to like have so much money and so to much be, success. To be comfortably to where, good. <laughs> to be like, yo, yeah. Here's the deal. And I think I'm finding it with this book too, The War of Art. It's like, I realize another part of my unhappiness is that I don't feel like I'm doing anything that makes the world better. We, we might have talked about this recently on the pod, but one of the the core things looking back what is different about this year Mm -hmm. that's kind of been frustrating was that i wasn't doing the thing i like which is to help others or like further their careers yeah and it ties in directly with this that was one of the issues Mm -hmm. is that i just don't feel i never feel good about myself and i wasn't encouraging or helping out others by introductions yeah Yeah. either advice communications you name it passing things on i've just had less things to pass on yeah and I think that's one of the things I would like to get, you know, hitting a comfortable threshold of career and income to where it'd be very easy to help others and contribute back in meaningful ways. 100%. Like for real, what I really want is enough money to where I don't have to work all the time like I do. Mm-hmm. And I can actually donate my time. time. Which is your most valuable resource. It's, it's cool to send money. That's great. And I would love to have enough money to be able to do that. But it's different when you show up, you're not getting paid, and you look people in the eye and give them a helping hand. Like, that's the shit that Great I'm example. Two very different examples, but both are doing really nice things uh, to kind of accelerate this. 
Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves. Oh <laughs> yeah. So what I need is a I need an Elizabeth Warren Matrix remake. And and they come in there and he's you either take the blue pan plan. You either take the blue plan or the red plan. Ooh. Can I get the purple one? I have a plan for everything. Okay. Warren cool. 2020. Uh, 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 yeah, I'll take the purple one because that has marijuana. Whichever one gets rid of my student loans, I'll pop the, I'll pop a bottle of those pills. Bro, let's get this podcast money so we can invest in marijuana. <laughs> it's, it's just Potcoin. It's, it's the Potcoin. Potcoin. Pot Potcoin podcast. Potcoin podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, but for real, like I think that what's really interesting about the burgeoning push to legalize marijuana is that many entrepreneurs of color that have actually been in the ecosystem are being yes and they're being left out of that economic opportunity and it's just another aspect of this systematic disenfranchisement economically that is fueled by racism let's put a let's come back to that okay let's finish up southern and i'll Swap it around because cool. we need to talk about Elizabeth Warren and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, with them both, they donate their time. Yeah. So Keanu Reeves, he's been in the press lately. He's kind mm. of the new, you know, the internet. He's a new sweetheart, he's, man. You know, for a while it was Bill Murray, and mm-hmm. then we had Jeff Goldblum, or or that. Oh, he's forever the, the middle aged internet love fascination, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now it's Keanu. Reeves. It was Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio for a little while. Yeah, dad bod. Dad bod. Praise, praise dad bod. But currently it's Keanu Reeves. And one of the things he does, you know, people are liking, you know, how he was training for John Wick, that he actually does it. But a big thing about him is, is all kind of the stories. He's kind of got the legend, the the ethos around him. But he's been devoting his time. And similar to like a Bill Murray where Bill Murray just would show up at a random New York party mm-hmm. and like hang out with people or at Tom Wink, ha- Tom Wanks. <laughs> uh, that's, that's his porn star name. Tom, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, Whoa. Uh, whoa. These are all these big. All have, these all have to be pornos. Big now. too. <laughs> but, but Tom Hanks, you know, appearing at weddings and doing things. Uh, uh Keanu Reeves, you, he'll spend time with the fans. He he doesn't he, does. he doesn't just go up and he oh it's time for the photo op. And he doesn't look rushed. People were confused because yeah. he would actually talk to them. Yeah, he's like what's or up? Or try to help them out. When he gives his award speeches, he goes up there and thanks and Did you watch the Chris Mon Command video? Yes, I did. You watched this one? Okay, we saw the that's same all we, video. That's all we do. But yeah, even it's so true. beyond Chris Mon on Command, a lot of friend of the pod. <laughs> they it's just, a, it's a great example. Um, you're seeing all these news articles about people coming out and talking about the nice things he's done. Yeah. And you can tell it's done from a genuine place. What a great person. He's an unassuming person. He rides the subway. He lives humbly, as humbly as he can. He's passionate about a few things in his yeah. life and he devotes his life yeah. to them. Like every, if, yeah, to all our, our faking fam out there, just, just Google him. Like look up some of the things he did for you know his family, for others, for mm-hmm. the teams. And he doesn't do it for publicity. He doesn't He doesn't show up on tabloids. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Because he's, he's not, a he's real not dude. on social media. No. So he's not, and he doesn't really read the news. So he's not... The things he does, he he's un you know unaware mm-hmm. of uh, the impact he's made until recently. Until recently, yeah. Person two, Elizabeth Warren. 
we'll set all the politics aside. One thing she's doing and smart from her branding and, and outreach. Now this is getting publicity that she's doing it. After every event, no matter what, she stands in lines. She talks to people. They're all going up for their selfie. But she will talk and she will be in that line for hours. And it doesn't matter where she is, what type of event. Everyone's talking about the their, how does this like, this older person who's done so much of their life. Is she close to, she might be 70. And mm-hmm. to be standing in line hours after events, rock stars don't even do this. Well, it's because she, is, she sees it as public service. Yeah. I think that's the fundamental difference between her and a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. They realize that it is about the people, no matter how big or small. Mm-hmm. And so every person is deserving. If she can give her give her time to them, she will. And I think a lot of people do do that, but she's doing it in a way in an age of social media, which is word of mouth, but on steroids. And it's just the, I think that now we live in a world, especially if you live your life as a good person, you don't say it. Other people will say it for you, especially if it's who you are and it's consistent. It's the smart thing to do Mm -hmm. both from being, a good person, but even purely from business or Machiavellian politics, it's the smart thing to do, yep. to be present. Because if you, one of the mm. things we're bumping into with the media troubles and why are there bubbles? Why aren't things breaking through? Mm-hmm. Now that there's a lot of distrust of things, who do you listen to? Most likely your friends mm-hmm. or your friends on social media. Mm-hmm. And they know if you're sharing stuff, that is way more effective of getting getting things into people's heads and changing mm-hmm. minds. Mm-hmm. It just is. It's not perfect. You yeah. can't change everyone's minds. Yeah. Who knew this? The Russians. It's what they did. They realized yeah. if they created personas, people who could do this, it wasn't about you seeing the content they created necessarily. It was about getting real people to then share that with others. Yeah. And, and then they trusted. Yeah. yeah. Because the Russian bot, your your uncle may not spot it. Well, he definitely no. did not. He is best friends with the Russian bot. <sighs> um, me He's, and Russian bot go way he back. Tru- he trumpets all of their views. And so he, he your so, uncle shares that, and your other uncle mm-hmm. sees it. He doesn't know. He just sees, hey, my, my bro is sharing this. He thinks about this. I'm going to like this post. And it's even crazier, bro, because it's it's trickling into journalism. Like a lot of journalists tend to write stories for sensationalism mm-hmm. and media publications. They they try to get the story out fast instead of get it out right. And a lot of times then they have to make retractions and like make corrections and stuff. But by the time they do that, nobody's seeing the corrections. Too and late. the misinformation is already out there. And how titles work. I mean, even the, the Times and the Post mm-hmm. are running into that where they're putting up information that's, the, the title, not not in a misleading way, but doesn't contain it all. Mm-hmm. And they're now using the same type of wording as the mm-hmm. sensationalist thing because they need people. It it's business. They need clicks. They need people to see it. So even if the content's good, they, they've written some terrible titles that, you know, troubles do something, something awful mm-hmm. that's horrific. And then they just roll out this weak ass title, mm-hmm. you know, be like, oh, like, Throw kids in cages and set them on fire. This is an example, but not too far from the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, is Trump doing his thing again? Like, no, that's yeah, not the title. No, it's not the title. No, no, no. You, what? And what you, can, what you can always guarantee is that we will give you all of the correct 
and truthful opinions. Everything you hear on here 100% is 100% uh, We're experts. peer-reviewed. Yeah, we check all of our sources. Heck, we are the sources. Yeah, we, we create, this is the real news. We should start a religion. <gasps> what would we call it? We need to get a sponsor for our religion. Um, Tide Podians. <laughs> I like, I, pff, yeah, just, uh, I was thinking. The BBNT Religions Incorporated. <laughs> Faking community. It's like a faking community. And so what we would do is we would have a hierarchical structure. Those are good for business. Really good, especially pyramids. It's got to be a pyramid. And at the very top would be our figureheaded God. And we would just make up what it would be and what its doctrines are. Like every time you have sex, you have to fake an orgasm. What if it's, yeah, what if Jeff Goldblum is like the face? If, oh, Papa if Scientology, if, if, if Scientology had Tom Cruise and Travolta, let's get Jeff Goldblum in on this. Let's get Keanu Reeves. And dude. Keanu Reeves. We'll let's get, get good both people. Of them. Let's get both of them. And then it'll be kind of like a Matrix tie in. So yeah. people will buy into it. I got, in order to um, really like effectively get closer to our creator. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. you have to lay in your bathtub in pink slimy jello, and then you put a bunch of hoses up against you, like the Matrix. Oh yeah, and then you get out after you're clean and pink. You dress into a suit and wear shades, and then you just <laughs> you address everybody as Mister Anderson. That's a great. I could yeah. see this going really well, dude. No, for real. And so everybody's in a suit with sunglasses. It's like a mixture of men in black. Like we kind of we'll like blur the, the lines. Men, yeah, yeah, we'll blur the lines. Have you, know, you seen the new one? Have you seen that one with Chris Hemsworth? No. How is it? I haven't either, but I really want to go see it. What's her, uh, what's her name? I don't know, the, but she's in she's Ragnarok. Incredible. She's incredible. She's in so Westworld. She's so she's great fine. in Westworld. Yeah. She's in Westworld. She's incredible. She's, she's, she seems really smart too. Like so that's my that's my type. She's having a she's having a good run. I can't remember. I I look at. She seems like she would kick everyone's my ass. IMDb. She could definitely definitely kick, kick your my ass. ass. She could kick my. ass. She could that's, beat us both up at the same that's time. That's hot as fuck. She could beat us both up at the same time. Yeah. Not break a sweat. Nah, she'd be like, cool. I got it. She's a new king of or queen of Asgard, man. And then I'd be like, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. After I'm laying, laying, laying there bloody. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, just in a pool of your own bodily fluids. Uh, will, will you come on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right, cool. But cool. it's my podcast now. <laughs> and I'd say, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's all yours, The girl. BB&T Wells Fargo podcast. <laughs> Big booties and titties. Wow, that was quick. I, that's actually something we... We used to say in high school. Oh man, she's a, she's a BBT. Oh, for real, dude. For the real things dog things said in high school. Oh, oh man, God. I'd go to dude, straight to jail. What what? Uh, another one was uh, that's a boss. We would tell each other boner on sight. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. Another one was narb. We'd be like, dude, narb is non anticipated random boner. <laughs> you just you just elbowed the dude next to you. Dude, narb. Friend, 10 o'clock. Friend of the pod. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, funny. high school is weird. High school, I was a piece of shit. I was, I was oh just kind God. of crummy. Like I wasn't a, I was, I've never been like a bad person. Uh-huh. It's not like I was great. I wasn't, no, I wasn't bad, but I was like very uninteresting. Yeah. And I anxious. didn't do, and nothing was in extremes. It's like I would occasionally do good things. Uh-huh. I never did really bad things, uh-huh. but I did some bad things. <laughs> and I would just not be the best. I mean, maybe that's high school. 
Mm-hmm. I, until getting into college, where it's noticing, oh, I should be a better person. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of got everything that happens to you in college kind of happened to me in high, high school mentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in trouble, doing dumb things, drinking. So when I got to college, yeah. I think what was nice about studying music is, you know, it's a very serious, rigorous thing. Mm-hmm. And so I got in there and I was really boring in college, which I actually kind of regret. I was too I was, boring. I, I swung too boring. far. So yeah. I, I practiced a lot. Yeah. I worked hard on academics. That's important. And I didn't hang out enough with people. If you're out there in college and, and I, I, I feel that, Trevor, but I think there's such huge ROI. You're paying all that money. Like, yeah, yeah, go around, have, fuck around, have fun. I, I think I went too work. hard. No, yeah, yeah, I went yeah, too yeah, hard. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. a lot of people, what's nice is I got all that, that's a lot of the stupid out. And <laughs> not all of it, as you can tell in this pod. <laughs> I got a lot of the stupid out before college when at least I wasn't paying for high school. Yeah. And I think some of those moments, it might happen naturally, but maybe getting in trouble or just being, realizing, self-realizing that, oh, I just wasted most of my life kind of goofing off, not mm-hmm. really doing anything. Mm-hmm. I think there's some, there's been some value in that. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. Yeah. Like you can relate to more people and be able to speak to a uh, parentheses, an average person outside of the, 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 the normies, bu- <laughs> normies outside Muggles. of the music bubble. Yeah. Because I just did a lot of normal stuff. Muggles outside the, you, uh, yeah. muggles outside the, muggles outside the music bubble. Ooh. Fire. Bars. I think that experience was valuable, but I think I swung too hard mm-hmm. because I wasn't super interesting. I wound up with a girlfriend. She was great, but we, we only spent, we spent most of our time together because we didn't have much time. Mm-hmm. It was practicing and we'd go practice together. So I had some core friends, people who were great, but looking back, if I drive through that city, I don't have that many people to talk to. Nope. They weren't that close. And that's on me. I kind of overreacted. I didn't go to a lot of parties. I was super lame. <laughs> the funniest part is people remember me more fondly <laughs> than they like should or do. <laughs> it's like he didn't fuck me up. No, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> no it's, it's true. It's hilarious. People will, will kind of come out of the woodwork and talk and be like friendly. And they have, I don't know where they get this. It's, the fondest we barely We barely hung out because I was a loser. And I didn't do anything, but they just (laughs) revered me more than they should have. But at least the good side of it was then in music, since most of us go on to school, Mm -hmm. to more school, is then I had, I'd had the hindsight of high school to help me through what I needed to do to catch up in undergrad. And then grad school, I had the hindsight of both high school and A lot more, a lot, a huge So when I show up at Juilliard- I don't work nearly as hard at music. <laughs> I'm not, I don't go to many parties. It's New York. It's not yeah, conducive for partying. Yeah, nah. And there's no, there's not a, a family 
as big of a family vibe at Juilliard just because there's no campus. And there's a, a giant lot of them building. are younger, man. And they're younger. so young. They're and like some are older, so it's kind yeah. of weird. It's spread out. But what I at least got out of it was a couple friends and colleagues. So I had yeah. more, not to say true friends, but a select few friends. John Hong, mm-hmm. friend of the pod, Josh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you, dude, yeah. some other core people, my roommates, mm-hmm. uh, people I like. I had a lot Nathan more. Nathan Prillman. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. yeah. By, by the king, the king. Yeah. Energy. Big, big time friend, Fr- of friend, friend of the pod. For friend sure, of the pod. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. But I met all, I met a lot more friends, maybe not hitting like your, your imaginary, like a, a best friend category. Dudes don't really bump into that anymore. You need more time, though. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not discounting it, but I have just a much wider de- degree of people I can contact and reach reach out to. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, uh, they're either colleagues or friends. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge number, which is crazy considering my undergrad probably had about maybe 16 to 17,000 people, Jeez. if not more. But my our grad had maybe a thousand, maybe. And yet because of how I approached it, I got way more connections about it. Looking at undergrad, and this is something to think about for those in school in general, not just music school. This really applies to everyone. You you should do good in school. You should work at it. You should learn. Even if it's a subject you don't think you'll need, you'll get you'll something probably, from you'll it. You'll probably need it. You'll probably need you'll it. Probably you'll get something it. from it. It doesn't matter if mm-hmm. it's abnormal psychology. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually very useful uh, for, <laughs> you know, when you're Thanksgiving. When, um, and when you're dating. <laughs> <laughs> but Spot uh, the crazy eyes. You... <laughs> Talking to people is probably the, one of the most valuable things ever. Talking to your teachers, very important. Like building a rapport with them, very important. But the number one thing I try to tell younger people when we go do these talks, yes, since both of us, yeah, we do that. When we do these kind we of do that. Give sometimes back they pay us money things, to talk, yeah. yeah, the occasional dollar to just <laughs> blabber professionally, yeah, cl- complaining for money, complaining for money. Hashtag complain for money. <laughs> is um, go hang out. I tell them, I'm like, mm-hmm. get out of the practice room a little earlier. Even though in the future, you will not have as much time, that practice time is valuable. Find a way to use that practice time better and more efficiently mm-hmm. and go hang out. Go to the party. It's more beneficial I wish to I have had friends with them. Because yeah. who's who's going to give you that gig, exactly. that job? Exactly. Who, who's going to help you actually just be a better person beyond just business? The teachers are only going to help you so much. That friend or colleague is going to be there for the rest of your life. Yep. That is who is going to be able to help you mm. or make you start a podcast. Make you start a podcast and then you feature them and then you have bomb-ass conversations, man. Mm. So looking back at my grad school, there's a lot of things I could have done more. Mm. I should have written way more music mm. and really worked, had people play more of my music. I even still spent maybe a little too much time on classes. But the one thing I do not regret at all was at least talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I could have done that better. Mm-hmm. But I, I went to New York and I intentionally stayed in the dorms for two years. Because as a composer, I realized the most important people you could ever talk to are not other composers. 100%. It's everyone else. Literally. Musicians, conductors. It, literally yeah. everyone else is the most valuable thing to you. Just from a business perspective. That was my problem with undergrad. Um, or in that, from the composition side, I just didn't spend enough time with performers. Scratch that. That was the benefit of my undergrad mm-hmm. is because since I played in orchestra and I was a performance major as well and was playing in a lot of the good groups, I got to interact with all these people. 
because I had stayed in the like music freshman dorm, a specific mm-hmm. program for freshmen in music, mm-hmm. I had met a lot of those people. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met anyone just for who I was. But because I had at least put myself in that position, people could know me. Then going into a more specific graduate program where I'd only be doing composition. If you're a composer, you could go to Juilliard and realistically walk out of that building having met 10 people yeah. who weren't composers. Yeah. If you lived off campus, you're older, you have a significant other, good luck, unless you're outgoing, good luck talking to people. Because all the musicians have ensembles. They're, if you play an orchestra, you're going to know of people. Maybe you're not close. Mm-hmm. So you'll know of them. They'll know of you. So I knew how valuable it was just to play in a group. I knew all the report. composers because they were the non-musicians. They were like the not an orchestra. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, you're not an orchestra ever. But you're in the music program. We have theory together. You must be a composer or a jazz Composer or you play classical guitar or organ. For real. It was just a real benefit then to go through and meet these people. So I go in and what I wanted to do was stay in the dorm. Even though I'm older, I'm coming in as a grad student, I I was determined to get into the dorm. It was Mm. very expensive. I am paying for that decision now. (laughs) But it was convenience of time particularly with cooking and just sheer travel time getting used to a city but the number one determining factor getting in of those staying naps. in the, the dorm was being <laughs> living with people not just in, in classrooms but being surrounded by other performers mm-hmm. and other people because i knew why why did why did i choose the juilliard it wasn't just for the fancy name uh, it, I did. I mean, <laughs> it's part of That's why I said yeah. just. I think, yeah, people who yeah. say, oh, it doesn't matter. No, they're yeah, lying. It yeah, does matter. Yeah. But it, the number one reason, again, looking back at my past experience, I didn't have enough good performers to play my music. I didn't have enough people who are interested in doing that tier of music and that type of music. Mm-hmm. So I looked around and I'm like, where could I go where I could just be surrounded by great musicians? And that was Julia. And what better way to meet them than to actually live among them? It's it's like I'm Jane <laughs> Jane Goodall. People. I'm walking around. I'm like exploring them. I'm like, oh, look at the violist. Oh, shh, 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 shh. Sh- don't scare them. Don't scare them. If you quick. if you don't move, they can't see. Quick up. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Throw the cheeses! Cheeses! They're burying their teeth. Run! You know. <laughs> uh, one thing that I found uh, going along this vein of being amongst the people, being the Alexander the Great sort of thing, just going. I find I found that a lot of my personal undergrad experience was positive because I went to a liberal arts school and I decided to work on campus. I think that is a huge benefit, especially when there are other disciplines. I, most of my friends when I went to Mercer mm-hmm. were engineers, doctors, lawyers, all the cute girls, doctors, lawyers, <laughs> pharmacists, uh, engineers. So why aren't you married? You missed. You Look, messed up, dude. I was super. I was super thirsty. Also, being a black guy and going to a mostly white college, you're not gonna get much. A lot of these girls go to college to find their husband. They can't take a black guy home. So that be that as it may, this is middle Georgia. Okay, you have to realize this the context. However, I worked in the fitness center, and nice. Yeah, 
And also dangerous. I met so many people, dude. So many. But the thing was, is like I got to meet many different people. I got to have conversations with many different people. A lot of friends. My dating pool was way bigger. Uh, but I also met a lot of different creatives, and a lot of these people are now working for like Boeing, and they're working wow. for uh, they they're lawyers, and some of them changed their majors, and they're going to more creative arts. You don't know who is going to do what. Mm-hmm. So it's important to meet as many people as possible. And I think maybe it's just our, our personalities, but Amy, she'll always l- like laugh at me because <laughs> I will talk to the, I'm one of the, I'm a plain talker. Uh-huh. If I'm in a mood or they, I never start the introduction, but they start talking to me. We we did a flight. I, I felt bad because you know, no one else talks on the plane. And me and this, this really nice lady, we talked the whole, it was a puddle jumper, short flight, uh-huh. whole but whole hour and a half Mm -hmm. and we're just talking away having just full-on conversations and then i go to another event we're talking away i feel like i can i mean that's why we have a podcast we're talkers i could talk with anyone about anything for Mm -hmm. the most part Mm -hmm. because i just read too much crap on the internet i sound way too dumb when i talk but but i'll talk it it's for how much junk i read on the internet i feel like i can you have a lot of hang with almost any anything there's some thread we can find and Amy will just laugh. Same with Uber drivers. We'll get in the back. Me too. And I'll talk on the way to LAX for two hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. And <laughs> the one, uh, my head must have been so huge. And Amy was just rolling her eyes. We're, we're going on Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, down to LAX. Rip. Which means an hour to get close to LAX and then an hour to move 12 inches to get into LAX. Mm. And I'm just talking, I'm going on some rant, talking to the the Uber driver about Amazon owning so many web services and servers and Google and major players. And, and we're just going down a wormhole and the guy's just, do you work in tech? And how do you know all this stuff? And my, and Amy, her eyes are in the back of her forehead. She's like, do not encourage him. He, do not encourage. You're like the smartest person I've ever yeah. had in the back wow, of my Uber. You're just you just know so much. Did you go to school for tech? And 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 I just told the guy I was like, no, I just spent a lot of time on the internet. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you got if you subscribed, I subscribed to a couple of like newsletters, and they just talk, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, but like the hustle and yeah. uh, what was it? The 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 the. the uh, I'm keeping all this. Mo- in. Uh, morning brew. The morning <laughs> brew. I never yeah. heard of the Morning Brew. The Morning Brew. They're really great. And they talk about like tech. They talk about business and tech and world news and crazy stuff, like acquisitions. Like that's how I knew about this whole uh, Hulu being bought. Hulu. Did Disney buy Hulu? Was that what it was? I don't remember, but Disney's oh, starting their own. God. I know. And they, Disney oh Plus. My God. I saw a video on why that's terrible for the consumer. Like you have the Netflix and you have the HBO and you have Hulu and Amazon Play. They all have exclusives. So then you have to subscribe you to all. Subscribe to Eventually all of them. it'll get yeah, it'll just cost more than what a cable package used to be. So it's kind of yeah. we've reverted show. we've reverted back. The nice thing though is because none of them seem heavy commitments. So for instance, my aunt, Game of Thrones is coming out. Subscribes to HBO, Game of Thrones off. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe instead yeah. of getting trapped yeah. in all these contracts. And That's I think true. flexibility is a new thing that it's it's got to be hard for a business to overcome. 
But it's what the consumer wants. It incentivizes them to make good yeah, content to they keep have coming to. back. To keep yeah. coming back, it's they're not locking you in like the old method of how gym memberships work, where they just want it incredibly easy to join, incredibly difficult to leave. Cars, car leases, rent, apartment leases. They're trying to lock you in and it's make it impossible to leave because they need that money and they want the security and guarantee. Mm-hmm. Cable, same thing. You buy a package, last a year. And with these companies, it's got to be hard for them as a business to retain when you can leave at any time. Mm-hmm. But they, they are incentivized and they know people like them more as the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example, uh, we had dinner with um, some, some friends last night and a younger fellow was moving into Los Angeles, but he's going to be part of an eight month, eight month program. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming in either after college or from a New York what are you going to do about a car? If you're in eight months, you know you're only here for eight months before you're relocated and reassigned somewhere else. What do you do? Uh-oh, it gets complicated. It's too much driving to buy a bunch of Ubers. Public transportation won't work for this location. Uh-oh. There's a company, I think it's called Fair or something along those lines. And it's just an mm-hmm, app. And it's mm-hmm, not like, mm-hmm. it's similar. I've seen, kind of like a, yeah, you know, your zip car yeah. type thing. But it's like for car buying. But, yeah. You can have a lease, insurance. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is you you make a hefty deposit, but it's month by month. If you're in a new location, but you really need a car, you're there too long to ride share. Month to month lease. And it was barely more expensive than if you just signed a lease and are restricted to two years. Mm-hmm. In fact, to some degree, it might be cheaper. And that drove me a little insane. But <laughs> there's almost intended. no downside. It drove you insane. <laughs> top tier <laughs> comedy. Top <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. The producers are going to love that bit. Can we can we talk about marijuana? Yeah, let's talk about marijuana. One second. Let me check my phone. And then yeah. Amy texted me, you know, hi. Hi, to check in. And then the most recent recent text, you know, with the question mark is, oh, sorry, I forgot. You're probably doing the podcast. Hi, Drew. <laughs> <sighs> hey, she Amy. Knows. She, knows. she knows about the priority. She, she, she knows so she well. She knows the priority. Exactly. So we were talking about... Uh, you know, the economic disenfranchisement of like... We knew this was going to happen. Yeah. It's every every time it happens in so many different aspects and uh-huh. industries. Yeah. Music is full of it. When white people start liking things, they take it, they make all the money, and they leave black people behind. It's just, it's very interesting. So I don't know if it's something that I can fix, but I definitely want to not be left behind on a massive gold rush. That That is a big reason. When was the last time you saw... A black family that was wealthy for generations. Uh, we we haven't. There's like I can't think. Of, why, why do you think that is? Because it's generational. Let's let's even keep. We're gonna dig into this mm-hmm. because I've again read articles about this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this to tie into our internet culture meme. There's mm-hmm. the photo of of Jaden Smith and yeah. like the, this the Smith family, the young kids, and you know they have this exuberant sense of fashion and it's mm-hmm, great mm-hmm. and people were making fun of them a few years back when they're younger and they're kind of coming out and yeah. doing their own thing they don't need to worry about money and the caption that always goes along with that photo or at least the, kind of the meme of it is that yes we make fun of them but why they stand out is we've never seen like truly free black people yeah. we don't know what we that know looks what that's like. like yeah without having you know, first generation to it, only only second generation to it. 
when was the first generation? It was like Motown. I really believe like among the first generation of real black royalty was like Motown. We still weren't let, we weren't allowed to be leads in movies until Bruce Lee came along and like allowed Mm -hmm. colored people to be leads in movies. Uh, And even still who made the money off that? Exactly. Even still look at the music industry who owns the record labels that uses black talent and forces them to, in a way, perpetuate pejorative narratives that are unbecoming and don't even reflect African-American culture at the whole. NFL. And in a way to make money. NFL is another. Uh, NCAA is another oh, great. Oh, great. These are all great I mean, examples. Great where examples. They're, yes, they're making an insane amount of money, but who's who's... Who's really making bread? NCAA, though, actually affects white people. And that's why there's these, you're actually <laughs> looking at real pushes to change mm-hmm. compensation. Did you see in California, they like, like were trying to uh, do a bill where they forced schools that are in NCAA to compensate their, 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 their students. I, I heard about that. Yeah, it's like new. It's like very brand new. And like NCAA is kind of like, thrown veiled fre- oh, threats like we won't let you compete in well they don't thing. want it's bad for business when you make yeah. a, a billions of dollars and you don't have to pay anyone billions. it's great and you're a non-for-profit yeah which is the biggest scam you i mean the yeah. nfl's are not yeah i know which is yeah, a whole hilarious nba topic. it's all but it's all not for pretty much any yeah any business it's you can just read it like let's just you can pick out a, a random thing mm-hmm. uh and then suddenly if when it starts making money or why people like it Excuse me, sir. Can I? Can I? I'll take that. Thanks, I'll take thanks. that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Oh, also your sound, your sound, your style. That's all mine now. Mm-hmm. Here's this new, brand new thing called Elvis. <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of wild. But now that we're seeing the Jaden Smiths and the Willow Smiths of the world, second generation mm-hmm. rich black folk, and like what they're able to produce is really interesting. I want to see how it keeps progressing. And I think that marijuana is the gateway to creating generations of wealth for African-American It people. could be, but one of the articles I saw was tracking all who's making money now that it's getting legalized. Yeah. And it was an insane number. Like 97% yeah. of dispensaries or dispensary companies, oh, by white, white people. people. 97%. Yeah. 97%. 97%. Yeah. If America's tend to... A, 10 between 10 to 12 percent black it's not even it doesn't even it's tra- not even close it, it doesn't, doesn't even, even trend track. it doesn't yeah. even trend to the actual it doesn't even track like even if you controlled for that also the whole stigma of marijuana kind of was with african-americans mm-hmm. but it's mostly targeted to mexicans and it makes mexicans violent or whatever reefer madness it's just so hilarious it's just so funny that hispanics are also and like Latino people are that number left is out. probably even lower. It's That's, even. Lo- it's go- I can't even imagine. We're how- detaining them at the border, man. Yeah, we're locking up kids. We're locking up kids. We're locking up people. They're. It's like the system is backed up because they're not meant to be there for more than a few days, but they're there for three weeks, and you've got high a hygienic crisis of epic proportions. People, people are die. dying. Yeah, it's a and it's an giant. Human rights disaster, oh and it's happening God, in our country. Dude. That's it's the weirdest in thing. In our country, right? And, we, yeah. and so people, they always say, you know, if you know, if you read about it, not going to do much. If it's big numbers, not going to happen. If you see photos, it's supposed to change things. If you see yeah. videos, it's supposed to change things. Yeah, we're to a point now. 
even that won't change it. Yo, it's because we're at a point of information overload. Everything yeah. there's too much bad shit going on at all times. Yeah. But we're too we're just now too aware of the bad shit. Let me tell you something though. This is the best it's ever, ever been. been. Can you imagine if Twitter was around during World War II? People would off themselves. Everybody would be on <laughs> Xanax 24-7. 65 million people. Can you, bro, bro, 65 million people died in a span of five years. Are you kidding me? Can you even imagine? Bro. All the, I can't even imagine. Pretty much every historical trend line is getting better and yeah. better significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Just across the board. But we now just have awareness. 30 years ago, if you asked me what was happening in Uganda... Nobody knew. No. Nobody knew. Now, Sudan. We know about Sudan. Know Everybody's everything. blueing out their profile pics for Sudan because mm -hmm. they had a coup. The military overthrew a terrible regime that lasted for 30 years. But now they're oppressing because the people, I think Sudan, like the median age is like, hey, Siri, what's the median age of Sudan? It's something like in the 20s. What? No, 18.9 years is the median age for Sudan. Whoa. Eight, barely legal. These are young people. They want to run their country. They have a big voice. And so they're protesting and the military is cracking down on them. And that's why all these people are making their profile pictures blue celebrities. And 30 years ago, like they'd get away with it. 100. They did. I mean, imperialism, even, imperialism yeah. was a thing and that people forget about it, but there were also people battling imperialism for centuries. They were saying this is wrong, mm -hmm. but they were in the margins because the big nations were like, oh, well, yeah, went out and then they write the newspapers, justify there, anything. But then we had two world wars. And the fruits of imperialism was like, oh, this thing just gets worse. They were like, oh, maybe they should be independent. So next time I go to war, I don't <laughs> have 50 enemies. I just have one, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's, it, and then let's actually become, come together with the United Nations. What League of Nations first, United Nations. Democracy becomes slower. And then yes, the Avengers. Moving. Yeah, exactly. And the Sokovia Accords and then like cap and like tony stark fall out and then they kiss and make up and then i don't want to spoil end oh, game. Yeah. is it too early yeah i still haven't seen it you haven't seen it fuck dude you got to get on that. i know man i'm, uh, I'm let's so, watch I'm it so together man let's so go one two three movies.to man we got the, it <laughs> so we we weed weed we black weed. people aren't, aren't making any money we're finally seeing mm -hmm. we're finally seeing some positive results yeah in that you know it, it's funny we only like revert to even something of it, it's never even neutral yeah. we just re, we we slowly revert to something less bad yeah. so we're uh i don't know if it's california or by specific cities or states but we're finally seeing the bills to release people for nonviolent drug abuse. yeah yeah which is which is great and which is it's, it's a must it's it's required if you it legalize it it doesn't make any sense that what we knew it wasn't bad before we knew it wasn't bad but mm -hmm. they were just lying it was a but lot even of money. if we thought it was bad if we realize even, it isn't they should be released yeah. three years yeah if 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 you just did something and the only difference was time get get rid of it it doesn't matter it's it's difficult though because then those people 
need their records expunged. They don't need to be felons anymore. Mm-hmm. They've they can already actually lost get jobs. irrevocable amounts of time in jail. They'll never They've get that back. Institutionalized. So maybe they go in for a drug offense, but then they're like sexually assaulted. They're around killers. They get in a fight in prison. And what happens in that case? I don't know. Yeah, don't know. maybe they even die in prison. Yeah. Like if there's so much behind it that is so negative. And how do you compensate i don't know if any of these bills i'm you sure can't. someone put it in there to divert if you're if you're gonna tax tax all this marijuana to then divert, divert some, of some of those funds. funds back to people released i don't know if that's happening i could see that seems like a logical thing to some degree not just i would say more importantly for their what I would like to see is for their living situation so they don't have to worry about finding a job mm-hmm. uh, and putting food on the table for them and their families, but in tandem also funding trade school, some Something. sort of occupation where they can actually then be able to sustain themselves mm-hmm. once their trial period is over and once they've gotten there. And for some of them, so. someone just start a fund, like some of these companies hire these people. If you're to, like these, these higher end dispensaries, mm-hmm. That's like, smart. Give, give them a program. Some, yeah, give them a program. Like ha- teach have, them how to grow. Having a nice, a nice segue into that because give them ownership over some of these to then an opportunity to generate that generational wealth. One of the ar- articles I wanted to bring up that spoke specifically about this topic of you know what obviously the general racism you know duh we 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 got it. it's it's all over the place it's all over the map it affects pretty much everything. This article was focusing in on some of the economic things, like what else is preventing uh, people of color from kind of getting like ascending up to to, yeah. to just higher economic standards or breaking into higher tiers mm-hmm. of wealth. And a huge one that is directly affected by generations that I never would have thought about was inheritance. Mm-hmm. The numbers I'll stick them in later mm-hmm. into the pot so everyone mm-hmm. can have them, the, the specific numbers. The differences that they found between black and white families were stark. Among college-educated black families, about 13% get an inheritance of more than $10,000, as opposed to about 41% of white college-educated families. Taylor said in a release announcing the new research, More specifically, white families that receive such an inheritance receive, on average, more than $150,000 from the previous generation, whereas that figure is less than $40,000 for black families. These qualify as transformative assets, meaning they could significantly alter the course of a life. It's an insane thing. It's something you don't think about because everyone our age, I haven't inherited any money from family members yet that's gone to me my parents are still alive and well so i haven't experienced that but they've had their grandparents and great-grandparents that had house they had property property so even without a dime yes you sell the property you pay some taxes on it you do this you still wind up with at some point a hunk of change an asset or a hunk of change will come your way possessions parents are in jail they're addicted to yeah. drugs they are uneducated they don't know about money like yeah. long-term money management investing buying up real estate those are things that aren't readily available to us anyway that yeah. knowledge right and we yeah. don't have people sharing that and not even just the knowledge it's just these things snowball 
So even if yeah. even if like this aspect of racism, you know, it affected this particular job promotion. Mm-hmm. So that's the money. It it affected this management. Your house was devalued because it was in this community. Like all these things on their own don't make or break it. But mm-hmm. when you eat the whole pie, oh yeah. It's, it adds up and why it's specific to this generational thing is that the the white families will get this bump. If you're older and you haven't prepared and you're not planning on it, I'm not planning on inheritance, but you some, suddenly get in your in your mid 50s a $60,000 to $100,000 cash infusion. Hell yeah. That's like VC money right there. Yo, For, dude. It's a yeah. startup of your life. Black families never get that. Nope. So what happens is if they're in your 40s or 50s, you get that money and you just save even some of it. That's more money for the next kid. The, the pot flows. It's, generation, it's generational pot. wealth. It accumulates. And because we're not, you know, we're like three generations away. Uh, from slavery. From slavery. Yeah. If you think about it, there's, there's no, th- there hasn't been time to even snowball any of that money. Start, but how long was slavery? It was like 14 in the 1400s, right? Is when it started. Yeah. So hundreds uh, of years. Hundreds of years where plantation workers made profits in the South and passed that on to their children and their grandchildren. While the black workers worked yeah. for free, accumulating no status, no wealth, no education. Nothing. And we just started from zero in the early 20th century. There was no if we were sent to yeah. die on the battlefields of World War One and World War Two, right? Mm-hmm. If we weren't subjugated to prohibition, if we weren't subjugated to the war on drugs, like that is what is so. And, and the thing is, is like it's not taught in school from that perspective. They say slavery was bad, and then it ends, and then and there's then a proclamation. But, oh, it, uh, Emancipation Proclamation. It's okay. Everybody's equal now. Well, kind of, not yeah. really. Civil rights. Martin Luther King was awesome. Now we're free. Now we're now we have rights. And who was compensated? after the civil war the slave owners reparations they were paid money because they lost they lost property. their economic they lost their economic foothold right and yeah. and essentially it it continued mm-hmm. because sure. there were actually weird laws particularly to areas of the south where the, you couldn't leave you were just now compensated and by compensated it's you know the tenant sharecropping sharecropping yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and, wild yeah. man and of course we're not taught about that no. it's we're both products of the south oh yeah. you know slavery yeah so segregation emancipation <laughs> life is great here's a new ipod yeah everything's good now we're even it's it's just like the ending of gladiator where Joaquin Phoenix Mm. You know, before they go out into the arena of mm. life, stabs Russell Crowe and then puts yeah. the armor on him. That's the emancipation proclamation. Yeah, it's like That's civil rights. Good luck. It's you're gonna die anyways, but I'm gonna make me look better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I'll, I'll handicap you. You can try all you want, right? But you're still gonna you're still bleeding out. But it, but I feel that the internet, you know, we it's the last bastion. Mm-hmm. It's our last hope. Like the idea of like You're this our net only neutrality. Hope, You're our only hope for real. Beep, boop, beep, Infrastructurally, beep, it is unbiased, right? If you have a good idea, you can connect to people. It's wild, wild west. Who can throw money at you, right? If your idea is good, as matter if you're black or white. In fact, if you are black, that actually is a leg up because other black people are going to be like, oh, I want to support this person, right? They understand my perspective. They create products that are specifically for me, right? It's the snowball effect. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the 
but you know, there's humongous downsides, but one of the benefits of kind of like your market-based economy is you see that now after Pride Month. Yeah. Like this is the first year where like every company- Every company was all about Pride, Man, you're selling man. toothpaste. Here's fucking rainbow toothpaste. Look at fucking Instagram. You do hashtag yeah. Pride, hashtag Everywhere. LGBT. It's all rainbowed. And Dude. yeah, it's kind of annoying. It's like, well, where were we in the past 50 years? No, no, not yeah. annoying since the- but, but for companies, like now it's a profitable thing. But it is yeah. it it is a positive. Now the, all these companies, uh shoe companies, I mean, even even some conservative places, your dick sporting goods, all these other companies are needing to address it. And by gosh, if you're a little little racist mofo, you're mm-hmm. getting exposed to it a lot. Yeah. And you know, to some degree it is gonna help. There is some effort but if you think about it it's we have we have to get the snowball going for like the black community now slowly gaining more funds Mm -hmm. then you can spend more you're marketed to more Mm -hmm. and companies start to change the tone because economically incentivized it's like we need to be woke we need to do this so it could be used as a force for good quasi related you're getting towards your climate change there is a recent article now Wow. Renewable energy, it just crossed the threshold where it's oh, now cheaper, cheaper oh, hell yeah. than oil and that's gas. What it, that's what needed to happen. Even with, and the key point of this, it was even without the subsidies. The subsidies. And that's huge. That's, that was the only thing that was keeping oil and coal and all those yeah. other things afloat was the subsidies. But now, if companies can save money by going green, man, it's over. It's yeah. a wrap. It's, it's a good use. It'll drive it can drive innovation. We need to be independent as America for energy. We don't need to be going to the Middle East and trying to impose democracy and all this other shit to get their resources. Like if we just can like, we and we have become unfortunate toward, unfortunately towards the environment in terms of fracking, we have been the, the largest producer of oil. We're Let's, now the largest producer in the now world. Now that we've talked world. about extensively geopolitical yeah. <laughs> politics, global warming, mm-hmm. Racism, racism porn and porn and uh twerking let's let's segue this in to music and maybe our careers yeah and give oh, some, yeah actually some advice to people what everyone's trying to set up a sustainable career what is that like create I, this is and 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 i'm gonna end on this i think the most important thing that i've learned is to find a problem that people have and solve it. Look around, pay attention to kind of what what you were talking about with James Altucher, mm-hmm. like how he lists 10 things. You need to pay more attention, be more present. Get out of your phone, get out of your phone. Please, God. Look around, what problems do people have and can you solve it? A big problem is not enough people are subscribed to the faking notes. Yeah, podcast. that's a huge so one. Steal your friend's phone. Yeah, subscribe. This will solve uh, global warming. This this will actually get rid of that uh, chlamydia you've been trying to clear up. We're uh, gonna take good subscribe, care. Subscribe, subscribe to the faking notes podcast. Leave us a rating of five or more stars. Yeah. Um, it's the I only way a, it works. I left a six star rating the other that was day, you? and it felt that was good. good. Yeah, felt man. Good. Uh, I'm in it. but yeah check it out share with your friends Mm -hmm. and email us at uh faking notes podcast at gmail.com email us stories that you find are interesting questions you want us to answer literally Uh, anything the more ridiculous or the more serious the better the better like we want to bring comedy and 
the absolute truth to your eardrums. Let's wrap up this career thing. So a sustainable okay. career. career. Yeah. At least for us, I think, again, tying into all the things we've talked about yeah. today. Working on creativity helps. Investing it. Going for it. Just doing a thing. Yeah. Which I think directly ties into it. Diverse streams mm -hmm. of income. Mm -hmm. And I think by just doing it, that helps. And there's the danger of overspreading yourself. Yeah. But underspreading yourself is probably is more harmful. Yeah. Uh, if we're thinking percentage-wise. Yeah. And one thing that I brought up, and I thought everybody knew when I was doing the Juilliard symposiums, was focus on garnering a thousand true fans. The true fans. That's I'm the new underlying a thousand thing true we want. fans. True fans. That that is people who will be willing to drop seventy to a hundred dollars on your merch or your albums that you release over the year on your total body of work. So if you do fifty concerts a year and you get a thousand people to show up to them that could be the same people it doesn't matter if you get a thousand people to show up and they pay fifty dollars let's just say that you just made fifty thousand dollars you just made more than way more than minimum wage for a year yeah exactly and that's sustainable that is like those are real numbers those are real plausible numbers let's say you drop an album uh on you drop an album on like Bandcamp or whatever and it's mm -hmm. like twelve dollars right you sell a thousand of those, bro. That's twelve thousand dollars. And even beyond like the economics of it, but just artistically, for instance, this podcast, what we're trying to do is just create a platform to do things we'd like to do anyways, mm -hmm. and really to have good conversations and interactions with our guests. Yeah. And with our fans. And with mm -hmm. the faking fam. Yeah. And everyone involved. Shout out to the faking fam. Faking fam. That's you. Friends of the pod. That's you folks. Friends You're, of the pod. You, you are a friend of the pod. You're a part of this experiment. Yeah. But it wasn't about just generating the bukus of income we now have. It it was about bringing more people to the table, talking to them, and then growing growing the network yeah. of friends and so helping them with our business. platform, yeah. helping them, them helping us by talking through it, mm -hmm. by interacting with you. It has helped us. Yes. I have been doing better. Since <laughs> this is out Emotionally. because I'm doing something. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter how. Stupid and sad it is. I'm proud of It gives of you. me something to do. You know what, Trevor? I'm so proud of you. I'm very proud of you. You too, fucking too. started a podcast, oh. man. Right, right, right on the forehead. Thank you, fam. That was that was for you. Oh my god, the left eyebrow. Friend of the pot. But right on your nose. I think setting up something like this is that it checks multiple boxes. I think that's one of the nice things for a sustainable career is to do things that you can segue into other elements. And it's not just about the money. I think one thing that's overdone that we're kind of seeing some backlash to now is that everything must be a side hustle. Yeah. And it's exhausting because yeah. now your hobby is monetized. That's hard. But if you can do a few things that, that can bleed and expand into other elements of your life yeah. and kind of synthesize in a nice way from different angles, then I think you, you have the potential to have true hobbies, true extra time. Mm -hmm. If this platform brings on more people I can work with in a creative environment or just teaches me a lot of things, then it's a net good and I've gained something from it. Uh, and if we deliver that to people and fundamentally make people's lives better by just making them laugh at dick jokes, like I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. Like I just want to, I want to spend time affecting people's lives positively. I don't want to waste my time just sitting around, breathing air, using and, up resources, and we've, being useless diversified that approach because you're going out playing, mm -hmm. releasing music. Mm -hmm. Of course, all the work you've done on Instagram mm -hmm. and just being you. And I've done a, a lot of teaching 
speaking mm. in a much more professional tone mm. <laughs> like you've done we've done recently mm-hmm. uh you know certainly more inspirational or more technically professional but i i've taken on more students more approaches trying to expand both broad and more narrow but this is the this is a separate outlet into that this is yeah. just talking you know shooting the shit shooting the shit shit in the shoot Ooh, i like that I like how you flip it. It's a different angle. So people can get some of these, you know, the more serious bits of the pod. And then also it's an outlet for the funny because we goof off all the time and no one knew about it. They just knew it was teacher Trevor. I was just like, yo, Trevor, his Facebook statuses are just like, and his, his, his tweets, there's just so much genius (laughs) and and, in it, like there's, there's levels of meta comedy and I'm so glad we're doing this. And, uh, if you guys like it, seriously, just like shout us out, say hi. So send it um, on, send subscribe, it on it, subscribe, and give us stuff to. We wanna, we wanna talk about what you wanna listen to. Email us. And faking notes, I think it's time that we just end do the this outro. Bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what are we gonna do for an outro? We're gonna What's do the for the song. Thing we could do. We're gonna do a song again. What have we talked about today? Uh, we talked about porn. porn we talked about weed, school, twerking, um, school school undergrad um, uh racism generational racism yes um so how about we make a racist song okay um you're gonna sing this lyrics so that we don't get banned so i'm gonna i hate <laughs> and, I and we're done okay bye bye